0: This is Zoe Church LA. We're not just fans, but rather followers of Jesus. Tune in as Pastor Chad Veach teaches of God's love and how we can live a Zoe life, an abundant life. Go to Revelation chapter 3. We are in a series called Knocking on My Door. Love this scripture. Revelation chapter 3, verse 20. Jesus said it could come on the screen. It says, Behold... I stand at the door and I knock. I stand at the door and I knock. Translation, God loves you so much that he will stand at your door and he will knock. He will not violate. He will not be be intrusive. He wants to, to be invited into your life. So he says, I stand at the door and knock. And if anybody were to open that door and allow me into their life, I will come in and I will dine with them. God wants to have cranberry sauce with you. He wants to have stuffing, just not stovetop. Can he get an amen? God wants in to, to dine with you. Behold, I stand at the door, and I'm a God that knocks. I'm a God that initiates. I'm a God that pursues. Remember, you did not find God. God found you. You didn't knock on heaven's door, heaven knocked on your door. He says, I stand at the door and I initiate, I author, I pursue, I'm the God of desire. I want you more than you want me. He says, I stand at the door and I knock. And if anybody opens the door, just a heads up, we're coming in, we're dining together, and we're going to have relationship together. Part of the reason why God wants to dine with you is He wants to just come in and rest in your life. He wants to come in and establish His grace and His faithfulness and His kindness with you. The other reason why God wants to knock on the door of your life is not just because He wants on the inside, but He's trying to get you to come to the outside. In other words, God, God knocks on your door because He has more for your life. God knocks on your door because he's got something planned for you. God knocks on your door because he's like, hey, come on. You can't stay in here your whole life. I've got something planned. I've got something in store. I've got something I've dreamt and I have a vision for you. So I stand at the door and I knock because I've opened the door for you. Look here in the same chapter, Revelation 3, earlier in the verses. This is what Jesus says in Revelation chapter 3. I think we're going to verse number 7. Write the following to the messenger of the congregation in Philadelphia. So this is the last book of the Bible. This is the the, uh, angel of God showing John. John has a vision. And in this vision, God speaks to seven churches. So this is the church of Philadelphia. Let's take out Philadelphia today, and let's just put Zoe Church in there. This is what God writes. This is what Jesus says to Zoe Church. And the reason why we are taking away Philadelphia is because God is not a Sixers fan. He's a Lakers fan. For these are the solemn words of the Holy One, the true one who has David's key, who opens doors that none can shut, And who closes doors that none can open. Look at this next verse. I know all that you've done. Now I have set before you a wide open door that none can shut. For I know that you possess only a little power. And yet you have kept my word and haven't denied my name. Hey, just a heads up. The one that's talking today is the one that can open a door that no one can shut. He's the one that opens a door. In other words, God wants to open a door for your life. God is knocking on your door because he's got something in store. And when God makes a plan, hell can't even stop it. When God decides to do something, nothing can stop our God. Come on, give him a little bit of a praise if you're grateful that God's taking your life somewhere. I want to preach a message today. Write down the title. It's called, Where Are You Taking Me? Where are you taking me? And I believe together that God's going to speak to us in a powerful way today that we'll be encouraged to know that God has a plan for our life. I don't know if you realized this before today. I don't know where you're watching from on the live stream, but God has a plan for your future. You might be like, oh, that's just positive thinking. That's just, that's just self-help talk. No, no, no. Look here in Jeremiah 29:11. It says, for I know the plans that I have for you declares... The Lord. What kind of plan does God have for your life? Plans to prosper you, to give you a hope and a future. God does not have bad plans for your future. He's got awesome plans for your future. God does not have plans to hurt you. He doesn't have plans for your calamity. God has plans for your prosperity. He wants everything in your life to get better. So the reason why he's knocking is because he's got something in store. Look at Psalm 139. Watch this. He, David writes this. He says, for I have been fearfully and wonderfully made. We didn't realize this. You're a designer's original. We've never had another you. We'll never have another you. God fearfully and wonderfully created. You think that man can make these legs? God made these legs. For the glory of God. I've been fearfully and wonderfully made for I know the plans that I have for you. God is knocking on your door because he's taking you somewhere. He's taking you somewhere, and he's taking you into your full potential. He's taking you to the thing that he envisioned for your life. God has a bigger and better plan for you than you do. God's got a greater vision for your future than you do. And God's knocking on your door saying, come on, I don't just want to dine with you. I want to take you somewhere. Come on, I've got plans. I've got purposes. I've got potential. Anybody thankful today that you don't have to come up with a plan because God already made the plan? Amen to that? Come on, let's bow our heads and pray. Jesus, thank you. Thank you that you already did the hard work. You already did the heavy lifting. Not only did you come and establish relationship, but Lord, you have established future. So we speak over every person here. We say that the best is yet to come. Lord, we thank you that nothing in you is wasted. You're not going to waste our past. You're not going to waste our pain. You're not going to waste what we're going through even right now. You have plans that we don't even know about. So we trust in you and we look to you today. God, we thank you that you're for us and not against us. You are kind, loving, and gracious. And we declare to our soul and our situation, you are in control and you know what you're doing. God, we thank you for a blessing over our city. Thank you that we can be a blessing this Christmas and help give away presents to those in need. Use Zoe Church in a powerful way. And God, we thank you for Christmas. You'll give L.A. a World Series ring and an NBA championship. In Jesus' name. And everybody said together, come on, let's clap and thank God one more time. All I want for Christmas is a World Series and an NBA championship. That's all I want. Can I get an amen? Amen. Um, have you ever gotten into a bad Uber? Let me see your hand. What, I don't know. I feel like bad Ubers attract certain people. Like, I feel like I have something, an aura on my life that attracts bad Uber drivers. It is a rarity these days to get a good one. Like, what is a good Uber? A good Uber is a clean car. A good Uber is a man that will not talk to you at all. <laughs> A good Uber has a water in the back and maybe a mint. You know what I'm talking about? A good Uber, to me, is not just somebody that just allows you to scroll through social media and enjoy your life. It's a, it's, it's a person that knows what kind of map to use. Like, knows the difference between when it's time to use Waze and when it's time to use Google Maps. Okay, there's a difference, people. You might be here and be like, oh, pastor, teach me. I don't know the difference. Okay, I'll teach you the difference. When it's just part of life and you're just rolling through life, you just use Google Maps. You just have fun. If you're in an emergency, you will subject your life to Waze and go through some of the sketchiest places in all of L.A. so you can get to your destination. I don't know who I'm preaching to today, but I felt like telling somebody Waze ain't the ways. I just feel like I've been... Getting more, and and the other day I looked to see what my star rating was. Do you realize these people are rating us? I thought it was our privilege to rate them. They are now rating me. They are now telling the other Uber drivers what a terrible person I am. I have a 4.87. I don't know if that's good or bad, but it's not a 4.9, and it's not a 5.0. But the other day, I was in the Uber driver, and um, usually, you know, I try and let them keep their peace, and uh, I try to stay in the back and just enjoy my ride. I try not to be a backseat. Ain't nothing worse than a backseat driver unless you're married. If you're married, it is your God-given right to be a backseat driver. Can I get an amen? So the other day, I was trying to make it home. Julia and the kids are waiting for me. We've got dinner waiting and, um, and the Uber driver is taking the worst possible route home. So I feel like it is now my responsibility because you're making me late for my dinner. It is now my responsibility to tell the guy how to drive, where to go, what to do. So I start getting into a conflict. It's godly. <laughs> but I get into a conflict with my Uber driver. And I'm telling him where to go. And he's telling me, no, I can't, I can't take a left here. And, I can't. And, and while we're driving, I literally said to this guy, I'm so frustrated, I go, bro, Where are you taking me? (laughs) Like, I know where I live. This is not the way to my house. Like, it was this moment where I was like, are you going to do something to me? This is, I've never seen this part of L.A. So I felt like it was appropriate to be like, bro. Where are you taking me? I think sometimes in life you get so frustrated you say to God, God, where are you taking me? What are you doing here? What is the plan? This way ain't the way. I want to remind you what you already know in your soul Even when you're asking that question, God knows what he's doing. God knows where he's taking you. God is in control of your life. Come on, anybody believe today that his eye is on the sparrow. His eye is on your life. God is in control. I want to tell you why God is knocking on your door. He's knocking on your door for four reasons. Write down the number one. He's trying to move you into a spacious future. He's trying to move you into this spacious place that's bigger and greater than you have planned for yourself. Let me just show you what God's doing with you right now. Look at Isaiah chapter 54. Isaiah 54, clear lots of your ground for your tents. Make your tents large. Spread out. Zoe, think big. Use plenty of rope. Drive the tent pegs deep. You're going to need lots of elbow room for your growing family, for your growing future. God would say to you today, Zoe, think big, stretch out your tent pegs, put them into the ground. When, when we were growing up, my dad, you, you, I used to put up the tent with my dad and I'll, I'd always get exposed and I'd get exposed when it mattered because when I would drive in the tent peg, it wouldn't go all the way in. You know what I'm talking about? So when the family would come in and just crumple on us and then I'd be like, bro, really? Again, you can't drive it into the, I'm like, dad, look at my arms. Okay. So God says, extend your tent pegs And drive them into the ground. Make it firm and think big. Because I'm trying to bring you into a spacious future. God is trying to get you out of your small thinking and your small soul and your small lifestyle. And he's trying to get you into a bigger freedom and a bigger grace and a bigger favor and a bigger blessing. God does not have plans for your smallness. He has plans for your bigness. That's what God's cooking up. He wants to bring you into a spacious future. And a lot of times, it's God's initiation. It's God's plan. It's God's knock that gets us out of Smallville and into God's property. Because a lot of times, we're just like, we just post it up like we're good. We're fine. I don't think it's that small. We, we just, I've been here a long time. This worked for me last two decades. I'm good here. And, and most of us, the problem is most of us, it's not just a, a contentment, it's a dysfunction. It's not that we're satisfied with small, it's that we don't believe that God would even have more for someone like us. And so sometimes God has to knock and be like, mm-mm, it's not what I have. You're, you're my son. You're my daughter. I have plans to prosper you. I have plans to give you a hope in the future. I know you penciled out small things for you, but I've penciled out much larger things. Yes. Behold, I stand at the door and I knock and I open a door into your spacious future. God does things like, you know, he, you just be just enjoying life and thinking like this is fine. And then God's like, no, we, there's more. I had to be honest with you. I never would have left the El Rey until God knocked on the door and said, no, no, there's more. Like I was just fine at the L. Ray five services, losing my voice. Like we fine, we in a box, it's fine. <laughs> and and L. Ray represents so many of our lives. We're just, we're good, we're content, we're fine. And God has to knock and say, no, no, I've got, I've got courtyards for you. I've got parking lots for you. I've got carpet for you. And but, but but most of us most of us are just like no we're good we're good we're fine we're we're okay here we're we're content here and what what is it about us that doesn't believe that God has something awesome for us why 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 is it most of us have more faith for other people than we do ourselves. And God has to knock and say, There's, I'm trying to bring you, in, in, but, but in order for you to do it, I need you to just start preparing and bring out the tent pegs, and I need you to think bigger. Your, 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 your biggest problem is not your lifestyle, it's your mentality. And, and God is always trying to get you to think bigger. Could you imagine you get up to heaven, and you get up there, and you're like, dang! For real? Oh, you that big? Like, if I would have known you was this big, I would have asked for more down there. I would have lived my life differently down there. God is always trying to get you to think, I am the Alpha and the Omega. I'm the beginning and the end. I'm the Lion of the tribe of Judah. I am who I say I am. I can do what I said I would do. Anybody thankful today? I can trust he's bringing me into a spacious, a spacious place. Write down to the second thing. Here's what here's what else that he's doing. He's trying to get you to slay your giants. He's knocking on your door and saying, Hey, 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 buddy, get out the lazy boy. We're gonna go kill a giant today. We come on, get get up off the sofa. Put put down the red zone. We're gonna go kill a giant today. Because most of us are so afraid that there's lions and tigers and bears, oh my, that we're just going to keep on living in our addiction, in our fear, in our insecurity, in our brokenness. And God is saying, no, 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 I want to heal you. I want to make you whole. I want to make you free. I want you to get out of your life and start slaying your giants. Usually the way that God God will speak to you and get you out to slay your giants, he will not just use his word. He will not just use, like, the Holy Spirit. A lot of times what God uses most to slay your giants is circumstance. God will use the circumstance you are in to slay the giants that have been messing with you. So until he puts you in the right circumstance, he cannot get that Goliath to fall. David only slayed a Goliath because they were in a circumstance that forced them to face a Goliath. Most of us will never face our Goliath until God puts us in a situation that helps us address, I've been broken my whole life. I've been fear of rejecting my whole life. I've been insecure my whole life. But until I have to face my giant, I ain't going to face my giant. So God loves you enough to knock on your door and put you smack dab in the middle where you got to hear God saying, you're going to face this thing right now. And it's going to fall in the name of Jesus. I just want to encourage you, every time God did something that was breakthrough, every time God killed a Goliath in somebody's life, it was always a situation that was sent to them. Rahab would have stayed a prostitute, but God sent the spies of Israel into her life, and it was an opportunity. God used the circumstance to change it from being a prostitute to being in the lineage of Jesus. It it was with Nehemiah. Nehemiah wouldn't have never stepped up unless the word of the Lord came to him, and God spoke to him, rebuild the walls, and start to build my children a new future. God Always use a circumstance to change you. I hate to be so intense. I'm just trying to convince you what God's doing. Look, 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 look here at this verse. Watch David. It says, David asked the men standing near him. What will be done for the man who kills this Goliath Philistine and removes this disgrace from Israel? You, you, you know that God looks at the Goliath in your life as a disgrace. It's a disgrace for you to stay with that that fear monger, that shame, that guilt. God would look at the Goliath in your life, that addiction. It is a disgrace because you're a child of the Most High God. David knew it too, didn't he? He said, This disgrace for me, who is this? I just, I love it when the Bible talks trash, it blesses me. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine? (laughs) You know you're talking trash when you're bringing up circumcision. (laughs) That he should defy the armies of the living God. Now, this next verse I want to show you is a few verses later. David is presented an opportunity to slay this Goliath. Now, I want to show you something because some of us think that when negativity and criticism comes our way, that it's like, I don't know if this is God. A lot of times, the criticism is placed in your life even sometimes by God to push you, to force you, to activate you to step into this thing. David's brother, Eliab, steps up. And Eliab says, his oldest... He heard David speaking with the men, and he burned with anger, and he asked, Why have you come down here, little David punk? And whom did you leave those few sheep in the wilderness to? And I know how you conceited you are and how wicked your heart is, and you came down only to watch the battle. In other words, sometimes God will place an Eliab in your life to start to question your motive. Why are you doing this? Why are you stepping up? Why are you trying to change your life? Why are you trying to kick that addiction? And listen, if you don't understand why, when you come to quitting time, you will always quit. But if you understand why you started, why you began, why you came to the battle, why God called you to kill Goliath, you will always persevere. you got to have a why in your soul. <laughs> Eliab questioned Eliab question his motives. And David said, I know my motives. I didn't ask to be here and to kill a Goliath. God put me here and asked me to kill a Goliath. There's a big difference between self-promotion and God promotion. There's There's a big opportunity. There's a big difference between when you open your own door and when it's a God door. And David looked at his brother and said, you need to shut up. I did not open this door. I did not come here on my own. What's the right word here? Accord is a fine, fantastic word. I was going to say volition. Is that right? Fantastic. I did not come here on my own idea. I did not come here on my own agenda. God brought me here and asked me to come. And I can see he's using this circumstance. He's using this. God, God loves to use circumstances. In fact, I think it's sometimes when we're not in a circumstance that it's hard for us to change. But I usually change the most when I'm pressed, when I'm dependent, when it's a God door that he's opened to my life that doesn't make sense. And it's even being questioned by others. But I know he's in it. And I probably won't face my Goliath until God's like. Goliath time. I'm like, no, no, really, I'm fine. I'm just I'm just going to just. And God's like, no, you don't get to live disgraced anymore you don't get to live with this bully a lot of us have just settled for being bullied our whole life and your past has bullied you and shame has bullied you and others have bullied you and God says no I'm knocking not just for relationship I've got a wide open door for you amen he's so good he's so good I know I know I, know I hate it sometimes but he's so good Write down the third one. God often knocks on my door to give me more influence. And I want to unpack this very carefully because I know we're in Los Angeles and everybody's like, more followers? Sign me up. Do I have to pay or no? Do they comment or do they comment or not? Do they comment or just like? Come on, you guys. You guys see it. Come on. God, God, God wants to give you more influence and I want to show you why. Why does God... Why does God come and knock on your door and say, there's more for you? A lot of times God does this because he sees something greater for you than you see for yourself, even in the area of affecting others, impacting others. Nobody rolls out of bed in the morning and goes, oh, I am making such a difference. Wow. Am I not awesome? And yet God will use you even when you don't see that in yourself. There's a touch of humility there that God loves, but God, God has more influence for you, more, more of a reach. The first thing that Jesus does when he gives the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, he said, You'll receive power, and you'll be an influence in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria. Translation, you'll be an influence locally, nationally, and globally. You'll be an influence in different regions than you are right now. God wants to give you more influence, and it's not influence for your brand. It's influence for his kingdom. It's not influence, so you get, like, full of yourself. It's, it's influence, so other people can get full of Jesus. There's a big difference here. And one of my favorite things, God knocks on Solomon's door. And he goes, Solomon, ask of me anything. Make any request. This is like Aladdin with Will Smith. Ask anything. What would you like? Place your order. Ask anything, and I'll give it to you. Read here on the screen. Watch how it happens with Solomon. And it says, uh, at Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night, and God said, ask, what shall I give you? Then God said to him, watch this, because, because Solomon was asked, you can have anything. Solomon only asked, God, give me a wise heart so I can influence people well. Give me the gift of wisdom so I can be the leader you called me to be. The greatest thing you and I need in our life, we need more wisdom. We need wisdom as parents. We need wisdom in our marriage. We need wisdom in our business. We need wisdom in our life. Could anybody use a little more wisdom in your life? He says, God, give me more wisdom. Watch what God says. He says, then God said to him, because you have asked this thing and have not asked for long life for yourself nor have asked for riches for yourself, nor have asked the life for your enemies, but have asked for yourself understanding to discern justice. Behold, I have done according to you these words. See, I have given you a wise and understanding heart so that there has not been anyone like you before you, nor shall anyone arise after you. And I've also given you what you have Not asked for both riches and honor, so that there shall not be anyone like you among the kings of all your days. In other words, God says to Solomon, Because you didn't ask for money and you didn't ask for honor, I'll give those things to you. But you asked for the main thing, which is how to be wise with influence. The thing about life is, I think you're always gaining respect or losing it, you're always gaining trust. Or losing trust. And it is according to our wisdom. It is according to the, govern, the, 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 the the ability to govern our life and make wise decisions. God wants to give you more influence, which means he wants to give you more wisdom. And when you, get, when you get wisdom from God, all the other stuff takes place. All the other stuff just falls in line. The rest of life is easy when you've got the main thing. And that's God speaking to your life and leading your life. Amen to that. So I'll tell you why he's knocking on your door is because he's knocking your door to lead you into a spacious future. He wants to teach you how to slay your Goliaths. He wants to give you even more influence, but that influence can only come with wisdom. And the last thing, worship team, you can come join me. The last thing, the reason why God's knocking on your door is because there's a seat at the table for you. There's a seat at the table for you. It's not just the seat like... This seat, it's, it's this seat. The first verse, Revelation 3.20, Behold, I stand at the door and I knock. If anyone opens the door, I will come in and I'll make my home in you and I'll dine with you. That's your relationship. But did you know that God does not just have a seat at this table? He has a seat for you at this table. He has a seat in the community, in the body of believers. There's a seat for you at this table. There's a seat for you at Zoe Church. I was talking to this guy recently, and um, he found out most people ask me, like, when, when, when I meet them, like, what do you do? And I always tell them, oh, I'm an author. I'm not lying. Just really weird when I'm like, yeah, I'm a pastor. Let's go, yeah, I'm an author. And then through a series of events, this guy found out that I'm I'm a pastor. So he comes to me like an hour or so later and he's like, hey, I just want you to know, because he's been acting a certain way. I want you to know I'm religious too. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, man, that's awesome. That's so cool. Yeah, me too. I'm religious as well. And he's like, no, I'm really into my faith. I really am. It's like getting defensive. I'm really in my faith. I just don't go to church, you know. Just don't go. And I was like, oh, I was like, well, why? Why, why, why don't you go? Because I could tell you had a reason. He's like, I don't go because, you know, like when I walk in, it's not the people's fault. It's, just, it's my own thing. I just feel like everybody's judging me. I just feel like when I walk in, immediately they're all into it, and I'm trying to be into it, but they, I just, it's my, it's, I'm in my head. And I just can't go because I don't feel good enough. God's knocking on the door of your heart to let you know there's a seat at the table in spite of how you feel, in spite of what you've done, in spite of what the enemy's trying to tell you. There's no more shame. There's no more guilt. There's no more condemnation. There is a seat at the table of the Lord. Most of us just think, no, just right here, just, you know, because I'm broken, I'm shattered, I've got issues, I've got past, I've got things, I'm not perfect. Nobody's perfect. Nobody's perfect. Yeah, but I'm a work in progress. Welcome to the club. Because God's like, guess, who, guess who's sitting at the table with you? They've got issues, and they're broken, and they're on a journey, and they've got a past, and they've got a future, and that's who my children are. That You did not get this because you've earned it. You did not get this because you deserve it. It is by my grace. It is by my favor. It is by my invitation. It is by my outstretched arm. It is by my love. Oh, I love the Bible. It says, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not of yourself. It is the gift of God. It is the gift of God to sit at the table and be like, wow, what's your story? What's your story? This is my story. I'm on a journey too. Wow, you've got problems? I've got problems. You're in a, wow, this is man. The one thing we all have in common, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But God was gracious and God was kind. And yet while I was dead in my trespasses, he knocked on my door and said, come on, get out of here. I've got something for your life. So the way you could say it, Is that God has something inside out. He's not just knocking on your door to come in and make home. He's knocking on your door to pull you out. I've got more for you. I've got influence for you. I've got space for you. I've got, come on, we're going to kill those Goliaths. Come on, you're going to be with everybody else. You're going to be with the body of believers. You're going to have a love for the brethren. You're going to have a love for the church. Last. Last. We just go, it's just me and Jesus. You know, it's just me and Jesus. I don't have to go to church because it's just me and Jesus. That's not the way God works. God knocks on your door to put you in family. The lonely he sets in family. He wants you to have a seat at the table of the Lord. Oh, I love Psalm 23. You prepare a banqueting table in the presence of my enemies you prepare a banqueting table and shame has to watch me eat my past has to watch me be free the haters in my life the critics in my life have to watch me enjoy grace and fellowship and mercy and favor even in the presence of my enemies they got to watch me enjoy the goodness of my god he's not gonna come on god does not want this thing just to be private God does not want this thing just to be within you, the confines of your heart. He wants you to go public with your faith. You see the difference? So you might be here like, God, where are you taking me? Nothing in God is wasted. He doesn't waste anything might feel disqualified from the knock of heaven you might feel like you're not good enough for God to I get it God between me and you you love me you're for me you're with me you forgive me I get it here but Lord to step out oh that's a lot God's saying no 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 I'm not the God that just does private stuff what I whisper in your ear will be shouted on rooftops What I do in your heart will have such a tremendous impact. People will look at you and go, "You've been slaying giants, haven't you?" Wait, 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 wait. You just seem bigger, more space, more free, more laughter, more. What is that? Yeah, I know. God, because He's that good, He's that kind, isn't He? Anybody grateful for the knock of heaven? Anybody grateful? Anybody thankful that he's going somewhere? Just hold on. I know it looks like ways right now, but he has a way.